welcome to the seventh episode of You Plus Me Equals RP, a podcast dedicated to all those romance-seeking writers and our peers out there. Every week, I'll dive into the internet and bring to you some of the very best storylines, roleplay groups, or profiles that you may want to join, from written roleplay, tabletop, and even LARPing. Maybe you just need a break from your family for a bit? Well, I, Helen Kirsch, will be here to help you with that. This week is going to be all about love. I'm going to take some time out to talk to you about love interests and the different opinions people have regarding them. No one sent me in a profile or group this week, which means I actually want to talk about one of my own profiles from a long time ago that I still currently have. It's an older one that has been around since February 1st, 2013. I think it actually might be the oldest profile I currently have in Roleplayer. This week probably should have been the one about Bo now that I think about it. Anyway, I'll also be talking about Fog of Love board game, which looks so good that I've put it on my list to buy when I can. And I also found a LARPing group in Washington called Age of Ashes that I thought looked really interesting. Last week, I spent some time talking about a situation that happened during roleplay that involved a misunderstanding where one person thought they were in a relationship with another, and that person wasn't aware of it. It was a whole big thing. Anyway... CK sent me a message just before the episode came out and said that they would love to know what everyone's opinion was regarding RP and relationships. I love the idea so much that I put out a bulletin to get some people's opinions about it, and I was pleasantly surprised with the difference of opinions. The names I mentioned um, in the following portion uh, are those who gave me permission to talk about their opinions. There were also a few people who wanted to share their opinions but wanted to remain anonymous, and I'm going to respect their wishes. So this whole section is about love interests. What are they in the RP world for those that are new? Well, it's exactly what you might expect. It's a romantic partner that your character may become involved with. They could be angsty, sweet, dirty. Honestly, there's really no limit to what you can do with your characters when someone else is just as eager to write a storyline with you. Now, the hardest part is determining what sort of lover you are. Are you a person who wants to ship with one person maybe you have one particular character you want yours to be in a relationship with or maybe you're the type of person who has multiple love interests perhaps you want to have different heartbreaking love stories ongoing with different characters every week sacred shield sent me a wonderful summary that kind of explains everything best quote shipping is something many want in rp I see people join, and sometimes they already know that they are looking for a specific ship and share that information in their share or posts as a most wanted role, whether they are single or multi-love interest. In my opinion, what I have learned is that you shouldn't be in a rush to find a love interest or search for one. Let love find you. Shipping with chemistry has the best results. That way it comes via storyline and it comes unexpectedly. Shipping with chemistry means that you write with someone and create a connection with those people in character and even out of character. It's best to have both. And soon you might reach a point where a love confession might happen. Many want their canonship due to having it easier, editing-wise, or because it's their OTP, a term meaning one true pairing or favorite ship. Write with all those that play your character's love interest in your verse and see which you click best with. Crossover ships are nice, too, because it's different, and crossovers are amazing. Shipping shouldn't be priority when writing. I get many want to feel love and do cute edits. But much of the time, things don't go right when someone you might not know well at all adds you to fill the love interest role. And also, they might not stick around if they fill said role. It's also not bad to have a close and trusted friend fill a love interest role, or even a real-life love interest if they are P. I'm a single ship. I've always been a single ship. Multi-ship is a new term to me. I wrote on MySpace, then moved to RP me before Annie was created. Multi-ship is a Twitter or Tumblr term, and I now see it here. On Annie Roleplay, everyone was single ship. I wrote with everyone until that special someone came along. That special someone is now my real-life boyfriend, and we've shipped together since 2016. He's also a single ship, too. We don't have to worry about possible jealousy, drama, or anyone getting too possessive. Plus, it's easier for us both. I don't see anything wrong with multi-love interests, and I don't judge my friends that do. It's just 
isn't something I thought about or have even seen until a few months ago coming back to this site. Do what is best for you, but it's always best to do both with chemistry, end quote. And all of this was from Sacred Shield. Sacred Shield brings up a couple of good points that is echoed among many of the other responses that I got, including from Rue um, that expressed the need for people to make sure that they have enough chemistry with whoever they're shipping with, especially when that chemistry and love between the characters isn't forced or, you know, crowbarred in. Some people are very strictly a single love interest storyline, which is what most of the responses I received were very much for. The common problems they expressed that came up were usually jealousy when it came to multi-love interests. One or multiple people often tried to fight for dominance and control over the one person, which, you know, can happen. People are generally jealous as it is. I think Rue was the one who expressed her interest in doing possible multi-love interests with her characters that are more moldable. She said that as long as she's usually up front with them, they're usually okay with it. Some people aren't and don't want to write that way, which allows her to discuss other types of storylines with them that are alternatives to the possible love interest. Bloodhound mentioned in his response that they will often have multiple characters paired off with the same writer because they know they won't get stalkerish or controlling. They talk to each other outside of RP, which makes them really great friends. They have good chemistry, and it allows them to write together consistently. Cora wrote something that really resonated with me, and I wanted to read what she wrote. Quote, In answer to your request for opinions on love interests, I'm a really big fan. I know it's often difficult to find a writing partner that you can get along with and match well with, writing style, etc., but I'm one of those hopeless romantic types, so it feeds my soul for my characters to find love, and not just because I wrote that they did. To me, there's a lot of merit in developing a meaningful connection between your characters with your writing partner. End quote. Which, I agree. Sometimes you just want that romance. You just want to see your character be happy. Yes, like I've said before in the past, I do like to emotionally torment my characters sometimes, but to have them have a romantic situation with somebody and to have that happiness for a bit before everything goes to hell is kind of nice and it's kind of sweet and you have that one perfect moment of being happy before you give them more hell. Now the most in-depth response I got was from Patrick and his was also the one that had the the no love interest response. Everyone said that they did single except for Rue who specified that she often did multi-love interest for certain characters But Patrick is a very special case, and his response was a total of three pages long. At first, I was going to summarize it, but he made so many wonderful points about each section that I'm going to read it to you in its entirety. So brace yourselves. L.I., love interest, shipping, pairing. The idea is probably as old as RP itself. Who is your character and who will they marry or relate with? I often find this a touchy subject because there are so many reasons people get love interests. So really, the short answer to the query on love interest is, there is no wrong way for consenting players to ship or love interest. Period. End of story. But for shits and giggles and discussion, let's really break down what his ideas of what sort of love interest there are. Really, in my experience, it can be explained very broadly or in a minutia, but in this case, let's be broad. There are three types of love interests. The single love interest. The single love interest is perhaps simplest to understand and fundamentally easiest for a Western cultured person to understand. One party meets another party and they ship or become love interests. This can range RP-wise from an on-again-off-again form of relations with your characters, as you see in broken relationships, be it intentional or not. Or it can get serious to the point where your characters get engaged, married, have children, and live happily ever after. The pros of single love interest. Formulaic, and therefore able to plan specific scenes and ideas between them. Satisfying in a way, as you can really go as vanilla or twisted with this love interest and make it part of your character's set, lore, or history. Easy to work with a single partner and focus all effort into the storyline as both your primary story. Able to end a character if necessary, having them live happily ever after. Thus, retire the character, satisfy with the outcome if you desire, change rather than abandon. The cons of a single love interest. Limit storyline development with other members of the opposite sex who often want some sort of love interest potential on the board. Forces you to play with a player who may not be as committed to the character or storyline as you, thus keeping your character in limbo as a result. 
possessiveness, OOC, over you as players, cross RP many times, getting confrontational to any platonic friend of the opposite sex. Once in a single love interest, and if or when you went out of it, this might lead to forced biographic changes to your character that affects other storylines you have. Patrick's personal opinion of single love interests. Single love interest is usually the haven for most players. RP, I've learned, is where people often find solace or fulfill what they are missing in real life. Some seek power because in real life they have none. Some seek beauty and to be desired because they've always been the friend. Some seek danger because they've never taken a risk. And many seek a single love interest because they've not had a functional and proper relationship in real life. They want the life via this proxy they may not have and a relationship is a big part of it. Personally, Patrick is happily married. A single love interest is not for me as it limits my specific character's appeal as the Lothario playboy. Most storylines I have are with females and if I single ship, most of these females will leave and I will be limited to expand my roles or play. Also, I know many players whose biggest drama comes or came from their love interests as they get into a toxic cycle of jealousy, possessiveness, and pettiness. Their other RP feuds becoming your feuds by proxy as Helen can attest with her love interest MySpace drama. Furthermore, some single love interest players will seek to expand their affection for the characters and relationship into the player, aka cross-RPing, attaching OOC feelings to you because of the love interest connection, which can sometimes lead to unwarranted advances or expectations, as this, while uncommon, isn't rare. Most players will have a story of themselves or a close friend detailing something like this, and is almost exclusively found in single love interest dynamics. The multi-love interest is as it sounds, where you have multiple different partners, be it in polyamorous, polygamous, or open relationships, that some might enjoy or simply play it out as each love interest is in itself a AU of your choice, where in one storyline your character is single and meets the other, in another love interest, it is an arranged marriage, or in another, the love interest is a cheating, adulterous situation. RP-wise, this can play out in an open world where the other players all know one another, like a person dating multiple people as they themselves date other people as well, or more clinical where no worlds are meant to collide. In my version of the multi-love interest, you can often have someone from high school that you're RPing your high school situation in love with them. Or you can also be having an adult relationship with different people that could be taking place at different times. Maybe one relationship had ended, but you haven't written it out yet, but it will end because it's just a one-time, small-time thing. And then later on, you can have another relationship with somebody else, but you can be writing them at the same time. The pros of the multi-love interest. Offers endless storylines with all the players you cross paths with and love interest avenues are on the table to play. Gives an interesting twist into alternate lifestyles allows you free reign creatively. If one love interest abandons or goes on hiatus, you are still able to expand with other love interests that you are playing with. The cons of multi-love interest. Some players will refuse to play with you under the line of I don't share. A chance for confrontation between love interests among themselves putting you in the middle. Having to deal with jealousy and possessiveness by players unable to accept the multi-love interest life. With multi-love interests, sometimes storylines of one love interest's other love interest causes an issue that drives them away and ruins the storyline you have with them as a result. A domino effect. Patrick's personal opinion of multi-love interest. Multi-love interests, while fun, often bring issues as mentioned above. Usually with other players placing their own expectations of single love interests on them and it leading to problems. You often see this in the possessiveness within image comments or in the stream where they go out of their way to lay claim to the player for all to see, usually leading to some sort of altercation or squabble on an eventual stream post or hurt feelings that they continue to play with the other players in spite of the attention the single love interest was giving, unasked for and often overly needy. This is usually followed by the eventual OOC sell of the player to single love interest with them. This usually comes with a series of explanations as to why they should just settle down, followed by some passive threats of, when I do get a love interest, we have to stop playing unless you take the spot, eventually leading to more hostile, you are just a needy whore, or all you want are a bunch of whores. 
Most steadfast, multi-love interest players will have several stories such as these sometimes acquiesce to their detriment. I cannot tell you the number of escort characters I've seen chastised or henpecked because their sex for hire character sleeps around with others. Also, one often finds within multi-love interest players many sheep in wolves clothing, or players claim to be multi right up to the point where they meet the one, be it in an aforementioned cohesion situation or merely a player always having been a single love interest and merely was touring the multi-love interest scene. Oftentimes, they return only to repeat the cycle, enjoying the attention of many players until they once again find another, the one, and on and on they go. The no love interest. The no love interest is perhaps the rarest form of this, be it because the player is asexual or abstinent or the eternal bachelor or bachelorette, therefore will not offer a love interest option to their stories. Perhaps dating, perhaps even a sexual relationship and friendship, but nothing committed. The pros of the no love interest. No need to even humor the idea of a love interest. Zero tolerance to any in-character OOC possessiveness. Countless storylines, both sexual, platonic, and everything in between with the agreement that no expectations are had on the other player for love interest connection. It also makes you seem unattainable, thus even more alluring. The cons of the no love interest? If the chance for a love interest is off the table, some players will not bother. Some storylines will fall to the wayside as they fall into their own love interests. Many characters seek a love interest connection, and to deny even the option of it will often have them dismiss you out of hand. Patrick's opinion of the no love interest? This one is tricky, as it takes the most polar opposite types of players and puts them in the same group. Players who have zero carnal desires and players who have zero commitment desires. With love interest options null and void, it limits many storyline ideas and opportunities and kills potential discussion before it even begins, as most players at least want the possibility of a love interest, if only to justify a storyline. So Patrick's overall summary, I'm sure you can probably get an idea of where he lies within his own opinion on love interests, but this is his opinion. While I personally stay in the low love interest sweet spot, I make it clear I am open to the possibility. But sadly, to do that, the player would have to be a no love interest, multi-love interest themselves. With Patrick being my only character and 99% of my storylines being with females, the idea of settling down with Patrick would kill the storyline potential I have. More than that, if I were to multi-love interest, as I have tried in the past, I will get the same song and dance I've always gotten where players attempt to convince me to be single love interest. Where I am chastised, where drama is brought to my stream and messages as players quarrel with one another in an attempt to woo or claim Patrick as their own. If I were to ever get a love interest for him, it would have to fit several criteria that most will not find acceptable, the main one being Patrick is not, nor will not ever be monogamous. Alas, I have heard out of character and in character the I do not share line so many times it is a trope at this point. And thus Patrick remains no love interest until those criteria are met. Now my own personal opinion, the funny part of this is that I am in every single one of these categories. Like Rue, I'll often find myself basing my own preferences on my characters themselves. I am in a total of three groups, Dead by Sunrise, Out of the Woods, and Ephemeris Obscura. In both Dead by Sunrise and Out of the Woods, I play characters that have a single love interest storyline. My characters are dedicated to their partners, which one hasn't been found in Dead by Sunrise yet, but it is filled in Out of the Woods. This means that they won't be having extramarital affairs or multi-love interests. I may write a drabble or something about my characters having a love interest before their marriage, but that won't be with an actual person. And then I also have characters like Liz Parker or Bo Dennis. I don't want to limit my Liz to one max because of exactly what we had talked about when it comes to chemistry. What if I don't have chemistry with a max that I deem as mine? I want a nightmare to be trapped by something like that. It would make me not want to log in at all. And although I have a preference for who I would like to see my bow with, like Sacred Shield had mentioned, I'm not going to limit my character to that one preference. I've spoken to a Dyson and it's it's not going to work with that one. I don't have the spark and I'm not going to be putting all my chips on that one person trying to make it work because I just want to see her with the Dyson. Most of my other characters are not attached at all. They're either original or they're typically single characters with no set love interests. 
With these, I'm generally a no love interest or a multi-love interest. With my supernatural hunter, I'm often open to being with whoever and may even do multiple storylines where our characters may have a temporary relationship or a one night stand. It's yeah, supernatural. I kind of treat each storyline like its own episode with its own conclusion. After that storyline is over, we can discuss another that will happen again, but it'll be its own standalone story. Not everyone will agree with it. Most people enjoy the ongoing relationship with the particular character, which is why they will choose a single love interest to RP with. I know, sorry guys, that was kind of long and winded. Um, up next, I'm gonna talk a little bit about my steampunk character, which is one of the oldest profiles that I have. I've always loved steampunk. I've read various novels that take place in this universe and I've always been struck by its charm. If you don't know what steampunk is, I highly recommend that you check it out. Uh, it usually takes place in Victorian English style with the idea of machines and things run by steam. And it's Victorian England was highly technological in the 1800s. It, imagine what it would look like. It's very rudimentary, very cogs and clockwork. I created this profile on February 1st, 2013 on roleplayer.me. But I did have her before back on MySpace. I think it was one of my last profiles that I had before I moved, made the switch. So she's even older than that. She may be deleted or maybe it's still around MySpace. I have no idea. I haven't checked. <laughs> but uh, I made this profile when I was still talking to my ex and we were on good terms. I may not like him very much now, but I can say that he was an amazing writer, which brought out my inner writer too. And I love this character because she was my very first delve into the steampunk world. And she was also written with the intention of doing an entire supernatural universe and storyline behind it. A long time ago, I created a steampunk RPG called the Age of Steam RPG. It was essentially a group that was set up to connect other steampunk RPers or RPers in general who were looking to create a steampunk type character. You could search through members and find people who were looking for specific writing partners that may be looking for characters. Some people are familiar with this when they're requesting connections. You know, please fill my love interest. This is my character. This is the character I need. This is their personality. And that's kind of what the steampunk group was made for. We had stories planned out for those who wanted to join our vision of the characters, uh, for those who wanted to be a part of this secret society of steampunk supernatural hunters. Essentially, if you watch Supernatural, we wanted to be the men of letters before that season even came out. We would set up characters out on hunts and set up a scenario for the characters to interact with others. We actually had a few members at one point. Um, Suit, which was my ex. My character is Chiara, which means dark. Uh, we had an Owen, Aggie, Lottie, Jennifer, Baby, the Professor, Kahlo, and Constance. A bunch of different people. So much fun. Owen was kind of Chiara's kind of love interest. Um, I really miss that character. He was someone who was trying to court Chiara's alias, Elizabeth. My character's name was Elizabeth Holbrook Rathram. And Owen was a like a cowboy, but he was rich. It was America kind of thing. And he had the swagger attitude and he was trying to be a hunter on his own. And he was constantly causing issues. And he was a great character. So anyway, if you guys want to fill him, talk to me. But anyway, uh, I go by Kiarda. Soot is her partner. They were teamed up together. Soot has no idea who her real life identity is or her real life name. Um, all he knows is that her name is Kiarda. That's what he goes by. Um, she doesn't even know his either. She doesn't know who he really is. Everyone's identity was kept a secret due to instances of betrayal. And I recently thought about reviving the steampunk group and doing more of an SCP vibe. If anyone isn't familiar with the SCP wiki page, I highly recommend that you give it a Google, especially if you love supernatural and paranormal themes. SCP is kind of an organization that was created to deal with paranormal and supernatural items. One of the ones I remember the most, there was this chocolate fountain that if somebody eats from that chocolate fountain, the chocolate fountain will eventually consume that person that ate from it. So they had to lock it up and keep it away. And it's a really dark idea because they actually have to feed the fountain on occasion. Otherwise, the fountain will go searching for victims. And that's just one of them. But there's there's thousands of different kinds of things on the, the profile. So again, if you're interested, let me know. 
Anyway, Elizabeth's background is as follows. It was hard not to think of a life as being cursed when death was such a huge part of it. From the age of seven, Elizabeth was cursed with death. Her mother died when she was barely old enough to remember her. Having gotten sick, and no matter how much money her father threw at the problem, it didn't seem to solve it. That was the moment Elizabeth realized that money didn't solve everything, and medicine wasn't the savior everyone claimed it was. Unable to care for a child, her father sent her to live with her mother's parents. Elizabeth had never met her father's parents because he had claimed they were cruel and unloving. Her grandfather welcomed her with open arms, and her grandmother was as loving and as sweet as her mother. Two years after she arrived, at the age of ten, her grandmother died unexpectedly from an accident. There wasn't much detail about the accident, whether they wanted to save her from the pain or they didn't think she would understand. It's hard to tell. Her grandfather tried to overcome the grief and the loss of his wife, but it was difficult for him. It wasn't until she was thirteen that things really began to change. During this entire time, Elizabeth heard little to nothing from her father. When her mother died, her father seemed to shut down and ignore everything else around him. The factories that her father owned and operated, and from whence their money had come, was left in the hands of his business partner. Luckily for them, that business partner didn't swindle her father out of the factories. The years following her grandmother's death were difficult ones. Her grandfather shut himself off and disappeared for a while, but after three years of grieving, her grandfather returned to his old self. That was when the training in truth was finally revealed. To keep them both busy, Elizabeth was trained by her grandfather to be both lethal and smart. He taught her skills and knowledge about things that were previously unknown to her. He told her stories about the monsters that lived in the dark and the creatures that fed upon humans. That was how she first discovered what had happened to her grandmother and how it was possible her mother fell victim to one of these unnatural creatures. It was years later and Elizabeth was beginning to believe her grandfather was in fact crazy. She was 18 now, and although she had been training for five years, she had yet to see anything that convinced her that these dark things her grandfather spoke about were in fact true, until the night her grandfather took her to face the werewolf. And you have to see the werewolf travel to see that. As of right now, I haven't been writing too much on Kiarda because it's been difficult to find steampunk art peers. I did message a few people regarding doing some kind of, you know, tear in reality that brings one or the other character into either reality. But man, it's so hard to get some creative conversation out of some people, which is why I thought about bringing the steampunk group back. The only problem with the group, as many people who own one can tell you, it's really difficult to own one. Now you're probably like, Helen, isn't this supposed to be a love-themed episode? And yes, absolutely, because this next section was a response I sent to Soot in our unholy matrimony storyline. The room was brightly lit with gold and various light-colored hues. Everyone whispered at its loveliness and breathtaking style that only the most expensive decorator in the city could have accomplished. To the woman standing beside the entrance into the large, spacious room, it was a blinding abomination of a disillusioned and overly paid interior decorator. The windows that surrounded the large hall showed an overcast sky that continued to rain down on the industrialized city. Although... Even if the clouds were not covering the sky at this moment, the smoke that would be seen rising up into the sky would certainly offer the same view. The guests that filled the room were a variable who's who the rich and famous in the city. Many were wearing only the best and most expensive attire offered. They complimented each other, asked the makers of their clothing, and invariably took part in the greatest of sins. Tables surrounded the center dance floor where people were still attempting to see those they missed at the wedding, and they made small talk before heading to their tables. Those who entered stopped briefly to shake her hand, and offering a mumbling of appreciation. Beautiful ceremony, Father. Some kissed her hand and bowed their heads, most too afraid or ashamed to meet her eyes beneath the fake beard that she wore so expertly. Ironically, whatever sins they were hiding behind were in no way larger than the one that she had just committed at the altar of the couple in which this party was for. The long robe she was currently wearing easily covered any curves that she might have. Not that Kiarda had many curves to speak of, but at least the robes kept the form-fitting clothes underneath those a secret. So far, it seemed to have been working, and even during the ceremony when she thought her feminine voice came through, no one wavered or stood out of their seat and pointed at her, casting their doubts in her direction. Kiarda leaned heavily upon her cane and waited until a majority of people were within the building, and the party was in full swing to move about the room, looking for her mark. Most of the people had entered the room and shook her hand, touching the rosary beads that dangled from her wrist, 
but there were a few that avoided her completely, or pretended to speak to another person near the door to avoid appearing rude. It was simple to keep track of who spoke to her and who didn't. Now she was making her way around the room, speaking easily to people she had missed. It was the women that were the hardest to pinpoint, and it was the women who she had to be the most aware of. They were the ones who preferred to avoid shaking hands, preferring to instead have their hands kissed. As a priest, she wasn't sure how to go about the entire ordeal. Many women merely nodded their heads at her approach, and it was frustrating, to say the least, and knowing her partner was on his way made her even more eager to find the target. Mr. Soot had never been a patient man, nor was he very subtle. Chiara didn't want to ruin the couple's day, well, any more than she already had. After all, they weren't technically married, but whatever they didn't know wouldn't hurt them. However, a battle in the middle of their reception would have ruined everything for them, not to mention the hundreds of people who were aware of the hunter's presence and what they did, including her father, who was still looking towards the door for his wayward daughter. She couldn't get distracted now. It wasn't the time nor the place. Her hands brushed against the various people, resting lightly upon sitting shoulders, or gently moving past them, pretending to get trapped between another person. Some people seemed annoyed until they realized it was their beloved priest. No one changed or became the dreaded creature they had been hunting the past weeks. It didn't reveal itself or rip someone's head off. It was plain cool, and Chiara was beginning to lose her patience. Music played gently in the background as people stepped out onto the dance floor. Food was being brought out and placed in front of guests. The party was progressing, and soon it would be nearly impossible to move about without attracting attention. Mr. Soot was going to be expecting a demon or creature. The last few weeks had offered them no clues until now, and they were so sure they would find it in this room, but because everything was so normal, she was beginning to wonder if they were wrong. That is, until someone in the room began to scream. The screaming spread out, beginning like a rumble until the entire room was in an uproar and the masses were running for the door at the far end. When most of the crowd cleared, Chiara could now see what had caused the panic. At the main table, the bride was leaning over the groom, her hands full of his blood and what looked to be his internal organs, her face smeared with gore. Without pausing any longer, Chiara ducked within a side room and began to strip off the robe in disguise. A dark cloth was removed from a side pocket and instantly took the place of her beard, while wrapping it around her head and keeping her hair out of her eyes. The outside of the cane slipped off easily, revealing the sword encased within. The screaming had died down, and slowly the hunter stepped out into the main room, keeping her wary eyes peeled for the creature and her partner. So an entire battle ensued after this, and I, I told you I had a love theme. I mean, it was a nice reception until the bride ate her husband. Anyway, you can find Kiarda at roleplayer.me 463965. Add me there, and if you're interested in reviving the steampunk idea, let me know. I'd love to talk with people who could help me run it and even bounce ideas with me. So up next, I'm so happy to talk about Fog of Love. A lot of the games I've talked about so far have been ones that I've actually played. This one, I have not. But I did watch an amazing video about it from Shut Up and Sit Down. If you have a moment to search for it on YouTube, please do. It's a hilarious video about this game and some of the scenarios that they've played and some of the things that have happened while they've played it. I'm actually planning on buying this game the next time I get paid. It's about 50 bucks and it comes with about four stories. But they've recently released three or four add-on stories that you can purchase for $15 each. If you go directly to their website at fogoflove.com, you'll be able to find a Kickstarter set that has the extra stories included with it for about $85. And right now they're also doing a promotion where if you buy from them, I think they donate 20% of the purchase price towards whatever game store that you want to have donated to. So if you have a local shop that you might want to support, uh, they will donate some money towards it. So make your get your friends to buy them too. The Fog of Love description on the actual site is this. Fog of Love is a game for two players where you will create and play two vivid characters who meet, fall in love, and face the challenge of making an unusual relationship work. Playing Fog of Love is like being in a romantic comedy. Roller coaster rides, awkward situations, lots of laughs, and plenty of difficult compromises to make, much as in a real relationship. Goals might be at odds. You can try to change, 
keep being relentless or even secretly decide to be a heartbreaker. It's your choice. The happily ever after won't be certain, but whatever way your zigzag romance unfolds, you'll always end up with a story full of surprises guaranteed to raise a smile. I actually read an article in Forbes about the the art writer of the article uh, and her husband who played this game together. And she said that she hated the character that her husband was portraying so much. And she was so frustrated with him. The title of the article is literally playing fog of love made me and my husband break up. On the article, she said that they didn't actually break up because they were actually a happy couple, but she got so frustrated with how she was playing. She was like, you know what? I don't know if I want to be in a relationship with you. She said that she loaned the game to friends who were roommates and they had a blast playing it, but she said that she doesn't recommend it for couples. My husband always plays to win and doesn't spare my feelings when we play board games, so I'm, I really think I can handle it. The game is beautifully designed with wonderful watercolors, wooden pieces. Uh, they also have a male and male version and a woman and woman set, so you don't have to buy strictly the cisgender straight version. The normal game, for the most part, doesn't assume genders, and you can flip the cards over if you want to play two male or you know, two female or however you want to do it. And they also did release versions that are more inclusive, too. Check out the video on Shut Up and Sit Down about Fog of Love and see if it's something that you guys might want to play because I'm definitely going to buy it and I'm definitely going to share my experience once I do. Now, in this section, it's incredibly hard to stick to the love theme. I'm sorry, guys. I just can't. There may be a LARPing group that are only focused on finding love and romance, but no self-respecting groups will come out and say that outright. Most of them aren't set up to hook up their players with one another. If love happens in a group, great, but they're not going to have people meet specifically for that purpose. And I'm also pretty sure that many of them have rules regarding people hooking up with other people routinely. I did find a group called Age of Ashes that is located in Washington, or at least the, the events take place in Washington. It's again one of those large groups that has a lot of history and background that goes into their stories. Their teaser intro is... In the Age of Ashes, mankind fights over the scraps of the carcass of what was and struggles to forge a future on the back of a dead empire. The world has entered into a new age, and many vestiges of the old order have been burned away, leaving only the ashes and embers of what once was. What rises is up to you. Gothic, Age of Ashes, is an immense live-action role-playing experience where you create and portray a unique character at a weekend-long event. The world's represented by staff acting as plot characters and by all the other players' characters. You, as your unique character, will be faced with choices, adventures, mysteries, and moments of personal horror, all with the intention that your character's story be as part of the rich tapestry of Gothic Age of Ashes ongoing narrative. The Age of Ashes LARP is focused on character-driven roleplay, and this means that we place an emphasis on exploring who your character is, what they believe, and what drives them. From the very beginning of character creation to the end of the personal tale within the ongoing story. I was interested in the world because this sounds really, really good, uh, but it doesn't give much detail, so I had to do some digging on that as well. The empire of the throne of God on earth has fallen. Some unknown centuries ago, the church of mankind was brought to its knees and rulers crumbled to dust. The catastrophe came, leveling the known world and its laws and institution with it. Even the familiar cycle of life and death, as it was understood, has now changed. While great centralized forms of government no longer exist, those who have risen to power as warlords and dictators are often from the ranks of the inhuman and cruel triumvirati, disciples of one of the three terrible gods that have plagued humanity since the dawn of creation. Curalites, followers of the god of blood, slaughter, and brutality, Lazarines, followers of the god of death, secrets, and ruin, and Taranthrus, followers of the god of power, desire, and rapacity. Whereas once they were confined to the shadows and edges of civilization, they now shape the world openly in their image. Humanity now fights over the scraps of a carcass of what was, and struggles to forge a future on the back of a dead empire. The cities that remain teem with filth and scarcity, and there are few places to hide from the malefic that plagued the world in ever greater numbers. Heresy is rampant, and the odds are stacked against survival. The choice between what is right and what is easy is hardly a fair one anymore, for nothing is easy. 
and there is no guiding star to tell you what right from wrong. All that keeps you going from one day to the next is the burning purpose in your chest, the will that the world will try to extinguish. But you are human, and your spirit will never stay dead. It cannot help but rise once more, again and again. So that's kind of the summary of what the world's about. I, from what it looked like, characters can't actually be killed, at least not in the normal way. Um, they were showing a video, kind of like a little bit of a, a trailer, and there were quite a few death scenes in it, but the characters got right back up. So I don't really know any more details about that, so you're going to have to look into that yourself. But uh, their website is ageofasheslarp.com. Uh, it has a lot more information about the group and their events. Of course, right now they're not really planning much because of the end pandemic. Um, but once it settles, I'm sure they'll have plenty more ideas to go for events. Their site talks about cabins on a property that they use for the group because most of their LARPing does take place over the course of a weekend. Their tickets for the events are $50 to $85 per person. And now I don't see anywhere that it says that food will be provided, but I'm assuming it will, uh, especially for that price. If you're interested in checking out the group, because you live near Seattle, Washington. The, their website has a trailer video, like I mentioned, um, and they, they spent a lot of time putting it together. So I do recommend that you give them a shot and check it out. Ageofasheslarp.com. Last week's writing prompt was warehouse, the secrets that are taking place in an old abandoned warehouse. Nora sent in her writing and I'm very excited to read this one to you. She did want to add that she's looking for a connection for Nora, her FBI partner and potential love interest, David Martinez. And honestly, both Nora and David are really great characters. And you also would get to audition for a spot in Dead by Sunrise if you're interested in David Martinez. You can actually add her directly at roleplayer.me slash 145-4652 especially if you want to talk to her about David. If you have any questions, if you want, maybe you want to ask her about the characters, what their connection will be, maybe see if you even have chemistry before auditioning for David. Because, I mean, let's face it, we talked about this. If it's potential love interest, maybe you want to see if that you'll flow with Nora. Um, so add her, get in contact with her. I'm going to read to you her writing prompt so you can kind of see how a wonderful RPer that she is. And then if that interests you and catches your attention, message her, add her and talk to her and see if David is something that you might be interested in. They do have play buys um, already selected for them, but they're open for negotiation. So maybe you and Nora might be able to talk about a different kind of play by if, if you're not interested in his current one. In the blink of an eye, Nora's feet tread lightly over the dusty ground as she followed five other pairs of boots. Her heart pounded deafeningly in her chest, betraying her calm exterior. She breathed in a steadying breath, hoping that it would give her the focus she needed to pull this off. The operation had been planned for months, and now was finally the time to move in and secure the suspects. All the police procedural shows would have you believe that the progress and investigations happened within the blink of an eye, in reality, it could take days to secure a warrant and weeks to collect and analyze any evidence found, something achingly lacking in this particular case. Her group of tactical agents reached the outside of the abandoned warehouse at the same time as her partners. David Martinez gave her his signature smirky grin that he believed made all the girls go weak in the knees. He was one hell of a friend and an even better FBI agent. Although Nora was the lead on this, he supported her every step of the way and was key to making a success out of the op. They had multiple departments watching and expecting them to fail. She simply couldn't accept it would happen. They'd worked too hard and suffered many sleepless nights in the plight of justice. Nora tapped the shoulder of the man in front, their silent signal to move out and force entry into the premises. In their analysis of the warehouse itself, they believed the best place to force entry was the south side entrance, and then to work their way through in order to detain and arrest their suspects. La sangre de los caidos, they called themselves, which translate to the blood of the fallen, a gang wreaking havoc in Maryland and consequently garnering the attention of the DEA, ATF, and FBI. The worst part about it was that they weren't even Hispanic. They just liked the name. David found it particularly insulting but tried to keep it to himself. 
The only reason she could tell it bothered him so much was the clenched stiffness in his jaw and flared nostrils, making her feel like a matador when having to manage him. The cries of, FBI, put your hands in the air, brought Nora back into focus. Guns raised, they entered the warehouse in quick succession, fanning out into their practice formation. They were, however, completely unprepared for the ambush waiting them. A bullet whizzed past her ear, causing her to duck instinctively. Contact, an agent yelled, and their team dived for cover behind some stacks of wooden pallets. The distinctive popping sounds of automatic rifles filled the air as the gang members defended their right to causing mayhem and destruction. A SWAT agent attempted to take cover behind a support beam, but the spraying of bullets caught him in the leg and he fell to the ground clutching it. Nora wanted to find a way to pull him to safety, but they were pinned down and outmatched in terms of firepower. She took a breath and then popped up slightly to return fire, taking out one of the gang members with a shot to the chest. Center mass was always a good way to aim, even if it didn't guarantee killing them like a headshot might. She ducked down again when the bullets were aimed in her direction, breathing heavily with the tension thick in the air. She caught David's eye after he, too, finished firing off a few shots, the rage apparent on his face. How the fuck did they get this many weapons? I thought the intel said they were drug runners, he yelled from his position several feet away behind the stack of pallets. That's what I want to know, thought Nora as the bullet casings fell around them, chiming out a melody of violent destruction. It would be more poetic if it weren't for the shouts of her comrades as they fell one by one, some gravely injured. She pressed down the radio button on her shoulder and yelled into it above the loud gunshots that reverberated through the empty structure. Mayday! Agent Wolf calling for immediate backup to this location. Pinned down in gunfight with automatic weapons. Taking a bracing breath, she popped up once more and shot at two more gang members who were continuing to spray bullets to their heart's content. Two down, many more to go. However, just as Nora was about to return to her sheltered position, she was knocked backwards by the force of a bullet hitting her square in her vest. A second bullet grazed her arm, burning through her skin as if it were on fire. Ah! she yelled, clutching at her arm with her left hand. Blood trickled lazily through her fingers, but even through the pain, she knew she'd survived. She shut her eyes, trying to focus on the burning sensation, the bruises forming in her abdomen, or the lifeless body of the dead agent beside her. Nothing was going to plan. To further complicate this, David emerged from his spot behind the other shredded pallets, yelled, "'Cover me!' and dived over towards where Nora was. She gasped as a stray bullet hit him in the side, missing his vest. He grunted loudly, falling to the ground next to her. No! No, no, David! Why did you do that? I'm fine! I'm your partner. It's my job. His breath labored as his body fell into shock. David! Oh my god! Hold on! Help is coming! She gathered his hands despite her injured arm and tried to help him to compress the wound. She couldn't lose him. Not today. Not when there could be things left unsaid. The sounds of the continued gunfight flashed around her, but Nora was numb to it all. The only thing she saw was the look on David's face as they stared at each other. She didn't even notice when the tens of agents and police officers burst into the entrance and surrounded the remaining gang members, ceasing the urban battle. Someone ran over to tend to David's wound before they carried him off on a stretcher. She tried to go after them, but a persistent medic wanted to look at her arm. She surveyed the scene while they did so, noting how battered her comrades and their environment looked. The palace were torn to shreds, evidence that any longer waiting for backup could have ended with them all being dead. The dank walls of the Bannon warehouse were littered with bullet holes and shards of broken glass decorated the ground beneath what was used to be windows. So much death and destruction caused by the power of an automatic rifle. Three months later, Nora dreaded this meeting she was called to attend. Whilst her runes healed fairly quickly, David had nearly died. Three of the other agents weren't so lucky. It was classified as a complete failure, and she was given restricted duties in the Maryland office of the FBI. David, on the other hand, told her not to blame herself, and that if the Bureau thought they'd have been able to avoid the carnage with a different team, or even more surveillance, they'd be wrong. She wasn't sure if she could agree with him, especially since it was her ass on the line. Come in, Agent Wolf. Take a seat, the ASAC replied when Nora knocked on the office door. Trepidation caused her fingers to shake, and she tried to hide it by clenching her fists. That op was a complete disaster, as you are well aware, and the investigation into your conduct has concluded that whilst no fault can be placed on you for a shit situation, you're going to need a way to redeem yourself in the eyes of the Bureau. Nora nodded quietly, 
waiting to hear what they had in mind. I think you ought to know I stuck up for you. You've got the determination to be a great agent, so all you need is another chance. Here's your new assignment. The ASAC placed a manila folder in front of Nora. He reached for it tentatively. The title read, Operation 5, Newcastle, Delaware. So, Newcastle, Delaware, if you guys don't remember, is actually where Dead by Sunrise takes place. So, this kind of explains how Nora got to Newcastle, Delaware. How Nora and David both got there. So, remember to add Nora at roleplayer.me1454652 and talk to her about David Martinez and Dead by Sunrise. Join us. Come on, guys. You know you want to write with us. Next week's writing prompt is Dreamcatcher. Someone is able to steal your dreams. I'm really looking forward to this one, too, because I, I can think of a lot of really great ways to do this one. Just remember to send these in by Friday um, if you're interested in participating. If you send it in a little bit later, just let me know that you're sending one in. That way I don't find a replacement to read for this one. Just give me a heads up. Uh, you can send it in on my role player page for the podcast. Um, I also have the next writing prompt up for after this one, too. So if you want to get started on the next one instead, that's totally fine. You guys get an extra week or two. Everyone is welcome to submit a writing prompt. You don't have to be on Roleplayer to submit one. You can send to my Facebook or Twitter. I love to read what you guys have. So at this point, I'll be giving out the link to Kiarta in the Sing Punk universe, as always. Um, so ready for it, I hope. It is roleplayer.me slash 463965. Add it. Message me for storylines. Don't forget to check out my site on roleplayer.me for the podcast at roleplayer.me 1604302. You can also find all links for all the pages that I've mentioned. Um, they're all on here. You can also read all the previous writing prompts. They're also in a blog there with the links to the people who wrote them. So you guys can check them out and add them as well. If you don't have a profile on there already, you'll have to create one because it's on private. But I do hope to have the new website up by next week. I actually bought the domain, youmerp.com. I have to buy a website and get it all set up and everything, but I do have it. So you guys can bookmark it now. That way you guys can see it when it's up and you guys can add me and talk to me. Contact me. Message me on Facebook, youmerp, Twitter, youmerp. I'm really looking forward to reading your letters, your submissions. I love reading all that stuff. Um, there's a questionnaire set up on the role player page, message me, ask me for it. I'll send it to you. That way, if you don't have a role player page, you don't want to set one up, you can still submit your writings because I still want to talk about you. And all writers, not just our peers, because maybe you want to send in a, a teaser for your book. I'll be happy to read a little bit of a teaser for you. That way we can advertise you, get you out there. That way people can hear what you're writing. Thank you for listening, everyone, um, whether it's Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. And if you guys can check out the Patreon page, uh, patreon.com, you, me, RP, and help out. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Rue, Bigby, Lou, and I do have a new Patreon donor named Callie, who are currently donating. So thank you guys so much. Anyone who pitches in will get additional content, a shout out on here. I'd love to be able to do some additional giveaways and stuff for our peers, but I, I do know it's tough. So if you guys can give me a five-star rating anywhere that you listen, um, share me with your friends. Talk about me elsewhere. That would really, really help. So until next week, stay creative, stay safe. Mm-hmm.